just became a raven. Your art matters. It's what got me here. Hello and welcome to The Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast. I'm Simon and I love One Tree Hill. And I'm Dom and I've seen 115 episodes of One Tree Hill. Oh, it's getting so close. And tonight's episode for debate is Season 6, Episode 9, Sympathy for the Devil. So hello and welcome to The Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast where it is always 10.30 at night, so it's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move on upstairs and settle in as tonight's episode for debate is Season 6, Episode 9, Sympathy for the Devil. Dom, we are here and to coincide with the episode title and also to pay homage to you and how you asked this question... How the devil are you, my man? <laughs> I'm fine, thank you. Very well, very well. I've had a, a pretty good week. I'm all right. How are you? Nice new hat. Simon has a new hat on. Fits I his head hat. perfectly. Finally, I found a hat that fits my moon head. But more important than that, <laughs> and Sarah doesn't look amused by the hat at all. There's no enthusiasm there, Sarah. You're meant to be like, yes, he's finally got a, he's got a hat on that moon. Dom, if you're the devil, then Sarah, you are our angel. Angel delight, that's a UK thing. It's pudding. It's like some comes in a little powder pack and you whisk it and it's some sort of foam and it's like, Dom, explain angel delight. It's like uh, thicker custard. But strawberry and pink. Flavored. And you'd eat that shit as a kid and you'd love it. And that was the jam. And you are our angel delight. Sarah Tanner is here. Thank you. Welcome back. How are you? Good. Better than being the angel of death like Peyton. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> You're the angel delight. And not only that, this episode's so important because you feature as a cast member. You were in this episode. We saw you. We freezed it on the watch along. There was you and your husband. So, so much to talk about. I mean, we actually were talking about, we scheduled you coming on this episode like years ago at this point when we were like back in season two, maybe. Yeah, season two. So talk us through before we get any further. Like, how did you come to be a background performer in this episode? Um, So we had planned a trip to Wilmington to just go around the town and see all the shooting areas and all the houses and all of the uh not so much the set i found someone i well online there were all these um chat groups at that point this was october of 2008 is when i went i can't i don't remember the original air date um and in the chat groups it was like oh get in touch with this company that just hires all the extras and see if they need extras that week so I knew the week we were going, and I signed up to be an extra, both of us, and we I got the email that they needed people. They needed a lot of people. Okay, and so well, you were in the audience of the Slam Ball game, mm-hmm. which is amazing. So where they filmed it, was it just in like a converted like basketball court where they no, converted it? No, it was actually on the um, Screen Gems. It was one of their sound stages. So when you walked in, it was like, it was only three 
sides of the slam ball court. So like I was on the long side and then there was the two short sides. The other long side did not exist. So that was like where all the cameras and everyone was like hanging out, all the staff and crew people. And so. and then so you arrive on set. Talk um, don't skip over the details, Sarah. You arrive. <laughs> do you want the Wilmington you... trip or do you want the whole everything? You want everything? I mean, I think you know it's at this point. Okay, so here's how it started. So we drive into Wilmington. I think it was like a Wednesday night. And there's one road that goes into Wilmington. And um, we didn't know that the speed limit changed. So with our New York State license plate, we got pulled over for speeding. Oh. So my husband was freaking out because in New York, you get points on your license. Um, and you can lose your license because he was going pretty fast. So unbeknownst to us, we didn't know if you speed in another state, you don't get points. It's only if you're in New York. So he's freaking out. We get back to, we get to our hotel and I'm like, okay, well, we're here at least until Sunday. And uh, Friday we, was the day we were going to go to the slam ball game. So we were doing all this research online and he's like, I have to go to court on Monday to try and get the, the ticket knocked down. So I'm like, oh, okay, no. I'll find something to do on Monday. What ended up happening was I ended up going on Monday to be an extra also. But I was those scenes weren't put in the show. So um, so Thursday, so we, you know, sleep Wednesday night. Thursday we went to like all we went to everyone's house. We went to um we went to the bridge at the end of season four where the car went over. That was like an hour and a half away. We went to the gardens where um which was Andy's house and the end of season four where, where they did the um, the party. And then what else did we do? And oh, that was that in was Dawson's day. Creek. Yeah. That day I, we also did a tour of the set because um, I knew someone who worked at Screen Gems in New York who got us a tour of the set um, at Screen Gems in North Carolina. So that, when I told you that story in season two, I couldn't tell you where what we saw because... Dom didn't know anything. So we, we had gone to Brooks uh, beach house. Um, we saw the, uh, the mirror where Peyton had written on, with lipstick on the mirror, but at that point it hadn't aired. So I didn't know what it was. We weren't allowed to take any pictures. Um, we went to Haley and um, Nathan's house, like the kitchen and the living room. We went to the school with the, um, we saw like the whole hallway with the locker rooms, the lockers, yeah. Wait, so are these are these sets on a soundstage? You yes. mean you like they're set up like uh-huh. right, right, right? Cool, very cool. Okay. Yeah. All the houses we drove to on our own, we just saw the at the exterior. We couldn't go in them. People were living in them. Sometimes we, I was like, I don't even want to get out of the car. I just took the picture from the car, and I know people get out and pose. We were we were not doing that. Um. Well, do you know that? Uh, I know this because. Of the Instagram family sending me this stuff and keeping me updated all the time, that Nathan and Haley's house, the actual the exterior house that they used, is actually for sale right now. Oh, I, wait! I feel like I knew that. How much is it? <laughs> I think I think millions. I think it was like over two. I think over two. We months. need to know the square footage, though, Sarah. Don't we? We need yes, to know what they're dealing have. with. It did have a nice pool in the backyard. Wait. If we could all, and I mean we as in the all the Ravens, maybe the Ravens we like the most, what if we pooled all our money together? Could we buy the house or at least get a mortgage enough 
like a decent down like a down payment. Yeah, like a decent I've, amount. I've been spending a lot of money recently on hats. That's why we so use I'm their money, sure. man. That's why we use their oh. money. We're just the faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. we use their money use for their the. Money. Okay, because Magda owes me for a sweat towel. So still, <laughs> no. Fuck's sake. <laughs> She paid up. She paid up. I offered up. to pay for it three times just to stop the madness. <laughs> I had a uh, way bigger bill than a sweat towel. I paid. <laughs> Sarah, they're coming, right? The, do you know what's funny? So, okay, hang on. Pause. We put a pin on that one second. So, we, Cisco, I emailed them to be like, what is going on? Come on, you know? But I didn't say it like that. Instead, I said, Hello, how are you? <laughs> Hope you're well. <laughs> Just want to check on an ETA for the order. Anyway, she was like, because there's two orders coming. There's one that's for my basketball team. That's just their kit. And then there's one that's for all of the Ravens. And she said, well, this stuff is being screen printed. It's not being embroidered on. So she was like, I, we can send you this now if you want. And then we will keep working on this. And I was like, right, okay, yes. Well, please, yes, because we don't have any kit. They need kits. And then as soon as they got the kit, they can start. I can start organizing games and stuff. So anyway, they've sent that. And Lauren, Texas Lauren, is receiving that shipment today. Um, and so hopefully we can see it on the watch along after you've gone, Dom. After <laughs> you've gone. Yes, watch the episode. You can fuck off and then we'll watch it. Yes. The Sorry for swearing, sorry. But the... Uh, yeah, and then so we're still waiting for them. They're still being made. Like honestly, Wayne's retirement has been the biggest pain in all of our sides. Well, they'll be beautiful embroidered when they come in. I don't think we're all in any rush. You know, the show's been off the air for years. True, and no. To be fair, no one has complained at me. Like I've been thinking, no one's even emailed or messaged to be like, "Hey, just checking. This is still happening, right?" You know, we sent you your money. The money got sent. It's all got sent to Cisco, including some of my own money. Because <laughs> not everyone paid up, which is fine. Anyway, Magda, it's fine. But the <laughs> <laughs> we're it's happening. But more important than that, please continue your story. Your husband's in court. <laughs> No way. You're having a time I of your life. For, I also forgot when we were driving in Wednesday night, they were shooting, Dom will see it tonight, they were shooting something for 610. So they were actually mm. shooting 10 and 9 at the same time. You, so you, you remember in, the 10s, right? Are you in both then? Yes. No, no. We were driving in and we like saw it in the distance. Ah, uh, okay. Wait, hang on, wait. Is 10, is 10 the one that everyone's been talking about? Is that tonight? No. That's the next. You'll see what it is tonight. When you see what it is, it's something outside. It's the one everyone's been talking about. Oh, Dom. You wait, my friend. Oh, no. If I keep getting shot, everyone's going to show up. (laughs) There's going to be an episode soon where they'll be like, oh, there's 40 people in the waiting room. Oh, my God. I can't. It's either 11 or 12. I can't remember which one. People listening will, will know. But yes, sorry, please continue. Um, okay, so that was Thursday. And then Friday we had to get up. I believe we had to be there at Oh, the other the other stand in just got here. What time did we have to be there? Do you remember? Friday when we were on at Slam Ball. Has he just got back from court? Or prison? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> he's finally been cleared. He's yeah. been let out. He's, he's on parole. Yeah. So we had to be in at like nine or ten. Uh, you fill out paperwork because you do get paid hourly. Oh, nice. Okay. We go into this big room and we're filling out paperwork and there's like snacks and breakfast sandwiches. And so you're, I'm in a room with like hundreds of people. Um, and then you just sit and wait and, until they need you. Um, what, what, what was the going rate in terms of pay for a background performer in those days? I want to... S- I should look it up. It, it was it was whatever minimum wage was. So it was some play, probably between like eight and eleven dollars an hour or something. Not bad. Not bad. Um, you, you got paid some One Tree Hill money though. You I know? did. You, yeah. yeah, you're not a fan. You're a paid member of well, the creation. Well, what was funny is we're sitting there and everyone's like, so I had a, a razor at the time, like because that's what was popular in 2008, and everyone's on their cell phones, like telling whoever i'm i'm at work i'm at work and i'm like what do you mean you're at work like this is all you do like this is your job i it was just weird to hear them say that knowing that i work in tv not this type of tv but it was just weird that i guess people who live down there were extras a lot mm. they sign up and do it yeah, it I just guess... out they were doing a big scene when i went if if they were shooting other stuff i wouldn't have been able to do it I, I guess in a in a town like that where you have a, a program, I suppose two two huge programs that were filmed there, it makes sense to like continuously need people to to For be in it, don't you? Yeah, yeah, to be in the background. So yeah, that kind of makes makes sense. I wonder how many nice. times we've seen the same people in the background kind of go past. Yeah, in different outfits. Yeah, you, probably if you paid attention, you'd probably be like, I saw that person before. Yeah. Well, like Narion, right? Like once you've seen him, once you see him all the time. I know it's a bit different because he's like a bar- a raven, so it's a bit more featured. But Dom, I'd like to say it's nice to hear you acknowledge Dawson's Dawson's Creek as uh, a big show. Like I think that's the first time really there's been some sort of positive affirmation for Dawson's Creek from you. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's the the show. I have no issue with. It's the podcast you did. <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm not kidding. no you're not no. no it's not um so okay so then then what happened you're, they, you're in the place yeah um i don't remember my husband got one of the shirts but he had them. to give it back yeah he wore it it was the other team it wasn't nathan's team it was the mob which was the, the black team oh you, because if i watched it again yesterday so if you we're sitting behind the black team's um I don't want to say dugout, but I guess like their team bench. Mm-hmm. So we that's he that he was like one of their fans. He was um, in the mob. Yeah. So oh, you weren't allowed to take pictures, but I snuck in my phone and I I mean they were the crappiest pictures because it was a razor. Um and I'm sure they saw me, but they didn't say anything. And nice. they came out to the blurry. I, I was trying to find the phone and find the pictures, but I couldn't find them. Were they just um, of James Lafferty? It was like just slam ball in general. I had a oh. couple of James and a couple of um, Owen also, Joe. But I I mean, they were so blurry, you can't even tell who they are. <laughs> um, were they actually like playing? Like as yeah. in like to warm up and stuff? Because there must have been actual slam ball players on there. Yeah, I'm a, I, I guess everyone on the court knew how to play. All the players on the bench was all... Um, background extras because they they were picking they were seeing what outfits fit people 
So we actually saw some of those guys getting um, like the jerseys and stuff. Um, yeah, so we went in and it was, they were just, they were kept moving people around, I guess, to make it look not so empty or diverse in the crowd. Um, and like, not, if you were wearing blue, they didn't want you next to someone wearing blue. So they would move people around. Um, and then, so even before that, before they started shooting, so they explained to us, like, you're going to pretend you're clapping you know, don't make any noise, pretend you're cheering, don't make any noise. Um, so we had to practice that. And then Sophia and Jackson came out just to pretty much play on the court. So they, Sophia had a, a camera with her and they were just bouncing on trampolines probably for like an hour, just waiting. Like that was their downtime, bouncing on trampolines. When when that happens and like, you know, Sophia Bush comes out or Chad or whoever, were people, could you feel people were like fanning out in the crowd or were well, like people trying first, to be cool and professional? When they first came out, everyone cheered, you know, they waved and then they just sort of, we just watched them play kind of because they weren't even, they weren't practicing lines. They weren't, they were just hanging out, wait, pretty much waiting for the scene to be shot. Did you say um, she was filming? She had a um, a still camera, like a thirty five uh, millimeter. She was just taking pictures. I was going to say, is I wonder if that, like, if she was filming, I wonder if it was like extra content on a DVD or something, somewhere yeah. hidden, hidden away. But if it's just pictures, no, because no one really had like camera uh, video phones back then either. Like yeah. it wasn't. So yeah, it was just a thirty five millimeter. I don't even know if it was digital. It might have been just film. Nice. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, then the guys came out to play slam ball. I mean, that went on, I think, for hours, probably like three to four hours for like the tiny amount that it was in the episode. Because I think did... it was only like the last five minutes. <laughs> and what was uh, like James Lafferty? Did he must because I mean he did some impressive stuff in this. Yeah, James so was... James came out also. He was on the trampoline with them. I was trying to do the research. I'm pretty sure James and Sophia were dating when i was there because they were together a lot when they weren't filming joy did not come out only to film her scene um <laughs> that seems <laughs> not that we we considering i'm a Haley fan kind of disappointing <laughs> well we don't we don't know that much right dom and i because we don't listen to drama queens but that sounds a bit on brand from what we've heard from certain people like about in conventions and stuff that uh She's potentially not that, um, not, not welcoming is not the right term. Yeah, just a bit like standoffish. This is my this is my job, you know. Right. Where like when Dom and I met Chad, um, we could tell that obviously this is his job, but he was making a particular point to spend time with every single person, and and Dom and I were in that queue for ages every person that was walking past us after they had seen him were like that was you know like i don't know how to explain it they were well, i know because that's how drew barrymore is so what do you mean she's more she's like... like she talks to everybody like she she will give everyone their time and and it means something doesn't it it's like oh that's amazing because now i've got this moment it makes you like a bigger fan of them yeah but dom that's how you felt right like people were coming away from chad like 
really happy. Yeah, definitely. I, like again, I was surprised at the amount of people that were there for him, just him, because the, the queue was huge. And and we went away thinking we'll come back in like half an hour, and that queue will be gone. And we went back, and it was longer. <laughs> like, how has it grown? But yeah, uh, people were coming away thinking like really happy, and he was so kind and just just genuine he felt really genuine and even if he's putting it all on uh, i think you know he's he's done a really nice thing because he's you know paid attention to some people really made them feel like um he cares about what they've got to say and he appreciated everybody's kind of love of him and the show so he you know i think i think it was really decent he seemed like a decent bloke at the time Agreed. But is it, did did you get to did you get to meet anybody? Or Not get to that? No. Oh, they were too busy working. But I mean, and I guess, like to be to be fair to you, I mean, Sarah, I see clips and stuff on Instagram all the time, and I was like, oh, there's Michelle Obama talking to Drew Barrymore, like. <laughs> yeah like what the hell like as in the people that you that you are working with or have in the studio and is absolutely insane the a-list of a-list yeah but i still fan out uh, you know to the people that i like like we have so many people on that i'm not a fan of the only people that i fanned out this year on were the two girls from 90210 who i like went to their dressing room to take pictures with them and everyone <laughs> and, and and our staff is so much younger than me like 20 years younger that they didn't even know who they were wow so, so where my staff is fanning out over like the youtube stars and the tiktok stars and i don't even know who any of them are so i just tell everyone to call me grandma at work but it's <laughs> like it's i don't really fan out about I've been, I think because I've been doing it so long but if I mean if anyone when Sophia Bush was there I wish I could have gotten up when she came on last year but I just was too busy but I when Sophia was there I was kind of freaking out yeah well it's so dope it's so dope but um okay so then what was the other scenes that you went back for oh, like so, the non so they shot so the so on Friday they just shot the game, and then they shot at the end of the day they shot um, when James went through the glass because we had to wait for them to set the glass up, and then the stunt double came in, got pushed through the glass, and then James got on the floor and that whole thing with Jackson happened. Um, but then on Monday when I went back, it was actually the scenes with Haley. Uh, Brooke and Sam in the crowd so they intercut it with the game but that happened that was shot on Monday Mm. so it was but it was so tight that like I don't even think you could see like I was like two or three rows in front of them and then I guess to ask this question though I mean would you have known him I guess you would have but I mean did did you notice was Mark Schwann there like did you I didn't see him there would, I wouldn't would have known who he was because I because I actually recognized um, the AD who I think was Hillary's ex-husband. I don't know if they were married at the time, but I recognized him from pictures. But mm-hmm. I yeah, Mark Schwann was not there. And just as an interesting point, 
I think it was in one of the Discord chat. I don't think it was in the spoiler channel, so I don't know if you saw it as well, Dom. Um, but people were on our Discord. If you're a Raven, get involved. If you need the link, message me. I'll send you the invite link. Uh, people, I, did, I think you saw you were a part of this. I think Sarah, weren't you? About people saying, do you think that Mark Schwann is still working as like a ghostwriter for scripts for TV shows? Um, because he literally just vanished um and i was saying i reckon that probably is true i mean sarah as someone in the industry do you think that that would fly or do you think he would be blacklisted at this point i i think um it's a quite a high probability that he is but his name will just never be on anything again because no one wants to be associated with his name and what what do you think, Dom? Do you think he would be ghostwriting? Yeah, oh, almost certainly. Either either he's writing, giving it to someone, and they're using their name, or he's using a pseudonym. And would he still get paid the royalties and stuff in the same way if he was under a different name or not credited? Would he still be getting from like um like the writing guild and whatever? Yeah. Would he still get that? Yeah, one of my friends is a ghostwriter. Who gets residuals? There you go. Crazy. Well, so you never know. You might be watching something that he's writing, but you don't know. Yeah, and you'll and you'll never find out either. Yeah, it's crazy. It just feels like it's with this situation. It just like I just wish we had a way of it being concluded. Like I know that it doesn't make it any better but i think the fact that it's there were no ever there haven't been any criminal charges or we haven't seen him go through the courts or be put in or whatever it may be just leaves it so uh i don't know like disheartening that there's been it, it feels like there's no repercussion like yes okay he's lost his career but he still has the potential to be doing stuff like that well something happened to me years ago and the person who did it was doing it to other people, and he find it finally caught up with him, and he also was fired from his job two years ago. Even though with me it happened like twenty two years ago, and he was fired. But I mean, he's made so much money in the twenty two years since it happened that he's fine. But it was finally, you know, in the press, and people finally knew, and I was like thank God people finally found out what he was doing. So it's sort of the same situation, just on a smaller scale, because it wasn't happening to celebrity and stars of a show. It was happening behind the scenes. Yeah, it's crazy and horrible, and it shouldn't happen to anyone. So, yeah, hopefully he's in a bin somewhere. I mean, I'm like, I hope he's rotting in hell. But... Yeah, scumbags. Mm. Well, that's horrible. I'm sorry. I would happily spit in that guy's eye. And while I'm spitting in his eye, Dom will spit in the other eye. And while Dom's spitting in that eye, I've secretly lit him on fire. <laughs> uh, Sarah, have you seen um, Have you seen the morning show on Apple? I have. Oh yeah, we've discussed this because oh, it's yeah. like it's basically your life, isn't it? Like the <laughs> pretty inter- much. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Dom, you don't have Apple, do you? TV, but I I have access to it now. My uh, my my brother uh, 
sent me a message about um, Ted Lasso because he said, oh, have you seen the third season? And I said, no, I've only seen the first season, I think a bit of the second one, but I don't have access to Apple TV. And he's like, oh, I've got a family plan thing. I'll just add you to it. So he added to me, added me to it, but I haven't watched anything on there yet. I haven't had a chance. Oh, delicious. Well, excellent. Well, firstly, you watch the morning show. It's really good. There will be one that you'll message me after and go, no, I wouldn't have picked it, but I enjoyed it. And I'll say, shut up, Dominic. But the, <laughs> I would never treat you like that. But you should watch, uh, I would, you should watch Blackbird. It's amazing. Have you and seen, Severance have you seen? Also. I haven't seen Blackbird, but Severance is good also. Yeah, I only watched the first episode of that. I fell asleep like halfway through. I need to go back to it because I woke up very confused. <laughs> really good. Okay, excellent. We're Dom, yes, get on Apple. There's good quality stuff on there. Okay, right. So, should we talk, talk about the episode and anything that you've that you've haven't added? Then add in as as we go. Mm-hmm. Um. Firstly, I have to apologise. In the last episode, I kept calling Austin Nichols Austin Butler, and it must have driven it must have driven people crazy. Like, as in, that would have driven me crazy. But you fixed it at the end, so it was okay. Yeah, just, just. (laughs) Have you had Austin Butler come on to Drew? That seems like someone that would be on there. He did not. He's getting he was getting too big with Elvis. Although we've had big people, but he probably went on like Kelly Clarkson or something. His voice is stuck, isn't it? He's he's got an issue with his voice now, or so he claims, and he struggles to not sound like Elvis anymore. That's what he said. <laughs> I think he said that he spent two years because it happened during lockdown, like when he was practicing. He spent like two years every day singing like Elvis, talking like Elvis, and then they he said they did so many takes of like some of the singing scenes that he thinks he like damaged some of his vocal cords and yeah it's just kind of stuck there what I damaged damaged it to the point of being stuck sounding like elvis that doesn't say hey, worse it? people it's worse people what are you saying he's just doing it to be like it sounds cool. like publicity doesn't it well, <laughs> i'm gonna do it i'm gonna i'm gonna learn how to sound like someone, someone famous, someone of your choice. I'll let you pick. Try Brooke. How about that? Yeah. Oh my God. Podcast <laughs> over. Pod- and I'm going to do that for the next, well, forever. You're just going to be her, her and her voice. If you were playing her in a biopic, then. <laughs> that I love the fact. Turn into her voice also. I love the fact that I've been picked to play her. <laughs> <laughs> the story of her life. <laughs> That's me. Excellent. I might have to shave, but it's okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to go down this road. Okay, so this episode is an episode of One Tree Hill. <laughs> Sarah, where do you want to start? Who do you want to talk about? Um, I think we should talk about Peyton and all the flashbacks with our boy Austin Butler slash Nichols. Right. <laughs> well, Dom, what did you think of our charming new Casanova man? Um, I, I think he's like the perfect spanner in the works, isn't he? He's really good. He's got a bit of like a lisp, hasn't he? 
He's definitely got oh, some sort of speech. You didn't need to say that. If there's something like I didn't, I haven't noticed that. And now that's all I'm going to notice. You've ruined someone that I like. Like I really like this character, you bastard. Yeah. No, it's not a bad thing. It's not like it's not as bad as like Sophia's talking. You're um, pretty. You're pretty judgmental, actually. I realise. Like on the watch along, you're like, he's got a wonky eye. No, it Owen's looked like got a wonky. It eye. looked like Owen had a wonky eye because I guess the way he was looking at you know the camera or, or trying not to look at the camera, it looked like one of his eyes was slightly you know off center shall we say too much slam ball too many hits in slam ball yeah way too many you know he doesn't go through the glass he just bounces off it and his eyes just spin around in his head um but no i i like um julian is it julian um i i think so far he's he's actually a really good sort of spanner in the works and it it was kind of difficult to see his motives at the beginning because it 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 was quite obvious in the last episode that he was something to do with Peyton. I mean, quite obvious towards the end of the episode that he was something to do with Peyton and that there's a connection there. And it, it's suddenly like, oh, is he just doing this to be spiteful? Is he doing this to be kind of nasty to Lucas? And I'm like, no, no, I had this first kind of thing. Or, you know, what what's his game? But it does seem like he genuinely wants to make this film and get the screenplay written and, um, yeah, turn it into something successful. It's just that kind of winding up Peyton or being a presence and Lucas knowing about it is kind of like a like an added bonus for him it's almost like he's going to get pleasure out of it but he doesn't know Lucas's reaction yet because obviously Lucas doesn't know uh he doesn't know Lucas has taken the picture which he found uh towards the end of the episode oh my god I'm, I'm it's already happening I'm starting to sound like Sophia I can feel my voice going <laughs> naturally well yeah, once it, it starts that will be it it just started going and it's just it's gone now Hold on, I should do what she should do. <coughs> right, okay, there we go, fixed immediately. Um, but yeah, I do like him. I, I think I think he's really good. He does bring uh, a, a, a certain amount of charm to it. And I think if Lucas could match his charm, he'd be a bit more interesting, but he just gets mopey and sad and miserable. Yeah, Lucas is not charming anymore. <laughs> Sarah, what do you think of our boy Julian? Um, I think I liked him when he showed up. I, I I liked this was like a complete flip of season six. Like now, it, it feels like the season is like starting over again. Like there's all new stuff happening. But I I enjoyed him when he got there. And I I liked the way that they went back <clears throat> with some maybe some slight. Well, it wasn't camera tricks, was it? They just got Peyton to be in the same oh, set. But, and then, yeah, some bad wigs, yeah. <laughs> and the same wardrobe. And then they were able to recreate the scene. So we actually see that Julian came in when she was sad at the record label. And he had a great line I really liked. So apart from the fact that he is smooth talking, I like when he says... um Oh, yeah oh the photocopy is broken i don't think it's worth you know like a beautiful girl crying over it or something like that and she tries to fob him off saying oh i just don't need some failed record executive hitting on me and he's like oh okay and just walks off and it's like okay what if i'm like a failed guitarist come indie film director or whatever anyway i'll leave you to it but the best part about a paper jam 
is it makes you have to open the machine to see what went wrong in the first place. That is such good advice. And, you know, sometimes, not very often. <clears throat> Sorry, I have to get the brick out of my throat too. <clears throat> not very often you can get like a perfect analogy out of something that's happening in the moment it happens so rarely but sometimes you hit it and it's like yes i connected the dots and made something and it's like he did it and it was so good i love that moment i loved it Dom, he goes he he takes peyton he sees her again the saddest girl in the world Mm. and takes her to his like money raising fundraising event again super smooth yeah, some some big wigs are going to be at this party, and if I'm taking a girl that's crying, no one's going to question why I'm leaving early. Brilliant! What a, what a great one! It's actually a perfect excuse to leave, and two, what a great great way to get her there. <laughs> so yeah, fair play. But Sarah Payton carries this book around with her everywhere she goes. It and buys every copy she sees. Why? It's like some sort of trophy, isn't it? It's like when, um, uh, what they called uh, lunatics by catcher in the rye continuously, and they, you know, and they've gone out and murdered someone, and they buy catcher in the rye over and over and over again. This is a thing. People do this. She's crazy. She's gonna kill someone. <laughs> Julian, go leave <laughs> now. Get out where you can. Uh, it then creates an issue when they're gonna go to. Uh, Sundance Film Festival and he goes to help her zip up the bag but there's the book again and she's like I'm just going to read it on the plane now here's my question to both of you Sarah let's start with you if you were in a relationship with someone and they kept reading a book constantly about their previous romance with an ex-boyfriend would you have a problem with this or would you be able to look past it? I probably had a problem with it. Also, did he ever, I don't think he read it at that point either. So no. like if he's not going to read it and, and I don't know, I was like cuckoo. She was cuckoo. Yeah. And, but Dom, maybe he doesn't need to read it. Like, I don't want to read about your past. I'm here in the present. Like, this, I don't want to know about this great love story you had because I'm trying to write my own chapter of our own book right now, Peyton. Well, that's a very valid point. I mean, she tried to throw it back at him a little bit, didn't she? You, you know, she said, uh, he says, that, you know, don't you think it's going to, he says something along the lines of, don't you think it's going to bother me that you're reading this book that's written by your ex and so on and so forth? And she says, well, don't you think it bothers me that you haven't read it? Like, why Why would I want to read it? Why would I want to read about the the ex-boyfriend that, um, you know, cheated on Brooke with you and then, you know, told you he wanted all of you and you ran away scared? Like, why the hell would I want to read all that nonsense? It's, it's just lunacy. Um, but if he did read it, then they could have a conversation about it and then maybe be done with it. True, true. And maybe, true. yeah, kind of bury it in the back garden or something like that um, all of the copies they, all of the copies yeah you they it. have a rich they have a ritual i like it yeah. to end it like <laughs> i can't believe i'm about to tell this story i thought earlier oh, no. i think i'm out of stories i haven't told stories on the podcast anymore but this isn't my story <laughs> this is someone else's that's that's where we're at i've got nothing left one time uh 
a, f- a friend of mine um we're not really friends much anymore but it's just you know life happens sarah people drift but he told me once with his girlfriend there now wife but his girlfriend was there too my wife's there as well <clears throat> and we're talking and he had had a i'm not going to say addiction it's too strong of a word but let's say a habit hmm. enjoyment of pornography he liked porn okay <laughs> and it had taken a turn i think <clears throat> into potentially being worrying i think for his girlfriend <laughs> right now they're telling starting to tell us this and at this time probably only like 24 25 years old and i'm going trying very hard to keep a straight face <laughs> during this what they're treating as a very serious like adult conversation maybe it was a bit older maybe it's like late 20s anyway they continue to say about how she'd said enough is enough you know it's me or the porn what's it gonna be right <laughs> so she then i can't really didn't tell this when nathan was looking at um what was he looking at what was the porn called it's like amazing amazons or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> but she took his hard drive which he'd he'd didn't just watch the porn he collected it <laughs> onto a hard drive just to put it out there i'm sure it was all normal and legal that's just <laughs> i'm sure it was he's a normal guy a nice guy but she took it out with him and they went to the woods and they burnt the hard drive in like this sort of sacrificial <laughs> like ceremony one, I don't think hard drives burn because it's just like plastic and metal. It probably damaged the environment. But two, <laughs> what are you supposed to do if someone tells you that story? Oh, interesting. Can you pass the hummus? Like, what? Where do you go with that? Can, can I ask a quick question? If it's about who it is, I'll tell you later. <laughs> okay, do I know? Oh, no, I was going to say, is it the same person that liked Casablanca as their film choices? No. Okay, no, no, so no, someone no. I know just let's just leave it but the sarah that's crazy stuff right is it someone and they're still do they have a large oh yeah they're still together they're still together enough dominic have i worked out who it is can you just stop (laughs) (laughs) oh dear it's no one anyone knows i made it up it's a it's a it wasn't real. It was fictitious. It okay. was. I'll ask them when I next see them. Ask whoever <laughs> you like. I don't know who you're referring to. So, I don't think a, an unkindness of ravens is porn. Although maybe to Peyton it is. Hey, yeah, that's a, it's a subjective term in some regards, right? Whatever gets your rocks off, it's it's different for all people. Dom likes a ball gag. Some people like <laughs> literature. It's all different. Even if the book wasn't about any of that, but she just continuously bought the same book over and over again, is that not just obscure behaviour? Should we not address that, you know, as a as a partner or as a friend? Should we not deal with that situation? Like, Simon, if you were buying the same book continuously over and over again every time you saw it and you had a, a, a stack of them, I'd be like, mate, I think I think we need to talk about this. I think you need... 
you know, some help, maybe some assistance. Especially if they're not, if they're, if they're the same, like sometimes you get like, oh, I have the hard cover, but I'm going to get the soft cover or, oh, it's a re-edition that they made a different cover of. But if it's all the same, it's a little bizarre. Exactly. If you're buying the same thing over and over again, that's, that's a bit nuts, isn't it? It's a bit worrying. Definitely. Definitely. And it's potentially egotistical, isn't it that it's like and in some ways wouldn't you rather not buy it so that someone else has the opportunity to buy that copy and read the story for the first time if it's that she's enthralled with it because it's a it's a love story and she loves the way that she was written in it by lucas or i mean yeah what is it that we're saying that she is obsessed by it with just the way that it depicts her and lucas's relationship Maybe it reminds her of a simpler time. Getting was actually shot. incredibly complicated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Getting shot in libraries and. Well, I mean, yeah, there's, a, there's a reason why the, the comet was such a flop is because Peyton hasn't bought 9,000 fucking copies of it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe that's it. Maybe she wants him to get his residuals, right? Because he must get residuals on his book on sales. <laughs> She's keeping him flush. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, well, well, Julian wanted no part of it. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And Bress breaks up very quickly and easily, and she just sort of accepts it as well. Just kind of like, okay, well, this is done. Bye. And then, and then <laughs> to get into like current times, when she confronts him after it's been three weeks, there's been a three week time jump. She, uh, he's just like, please i broke up with you it's like i'm not here for you i'm here because it's a good story i'm gonna make yeah i read the book (laughs) i i get it it's decent let's make some money let's 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 do this i didn't mention our relationship out of respect for your uh engagement if anything i've acted like a real professional and then i like the part when he's like but can you leave because i've got a date coming (laughs) unless you're doing this to get me back and if that's the case, I'd be curious. <laughs> He's like got a good sense of humor with it. Good. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. It's a podcast. Sarah, you're a professional. You're supposed to know. I know you're usually the person in the ear, but yeah. I'm giving out. I can't. Julian had a lot of good lines this, this episode. Thank you, Dominic. It's good line. comebacks. Yeah. yeah. He's a solid guy so far. And he he's also, I think what's good about him as a character is we've got Nathan, a bit more like, uh, not reserved, but a bit more like like a guy's guy, you know, like sports, blah, blah, blah. blah. And then you've got Lucas, mopey, squinty, I write, yeah, you could imagine him writing with a quill feather and ink and it's emotional. He'll thinks write a poem in his own blood, you know. Yeah, thinks he's really deep, but actually isn't. Sure. And then <laughs> you've kind of got Julian that's now kind of in the middle where he's a bit, he's creative, but he's smooth talking, you know, and even Peyton copies some of his um, pizzazz with, you know, you got to cut through that red tape. You know, there are other directors, blah, 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 blah. And she used it herself when she's, you know, talking at the record label. So I think it's a, a good dynamic to have where you've got someone like Owen 
who we'll get to, mm-hmm. who no fault of the actor, because I like the actor, Domi may have a wonky eye, that's your own issue. But he the character is very two dimensional and I feel like Julian is a more fleshed out character. Hmm. But is that because Julian's going to last? You, obviously, you're not going to answer either of you. But that that's in my from my perspective, that's probably because Julian is going to last, and Owen isn't. Owen, I think, is done. Well, Owen. Well, I think he disappeared the first time because I think he got other jobs, and then he was like, "Oh, I'm available," and they're like, "Okay, we'll bring you back," and then they brought him back, and they're like trying to figure out what to do with him. I I think it will be get rid of him again. I can't imagine he'll be in it beyond season six it, but if he is if he's in it anymore at all to be honest he is like a big deal now isn't he like is he famous from oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff I well he did well from i he did true blood which was on hbo okay. and then and he's married to um sophia vergara from um modern family he was in magic mike i mean he's been in a lot of stuff <laughs> he like blew up after one tree hill yeah fair i can see why like he has a good quality to him um and i just think yeah he's a bit under utilized here and he was good when he was like acting like uh an addict in new york you know and you know like ruffled his you know he was all shaky like shaky and itchy (laughs) yeah he was good it was like yeah, I could see this guy as being kind of like an action star or whatever it's going to be. Okay, so that's kind of Peyton, really, in a nutshell. Apart from then we get to the end. But why, why don't we come to that when we get to Lucas? Because it's kind of his reveal, isn't it? That he reveals it to her. Um, Who else do, who do you want? Which Fred do you want to follow now, Sarah? Well, we can do Brooke. Slash Sam slash Owen, I guess. Okay, so let me ask you a question, Sarah. If you had a kid that you've been looking after, fostering, let's say for a month, a month, one month, would you refer to yourself as a mum? No. No, me neither. I didn't think you would. <laughs> Guardian, maybe. Yeah, or even Parental just figure. It's new. We're getting to know. I think I quite like the. They're definitely going down this avenue of their relationship is. I'm angry, and Sam is being like the teenager that's sort of ruffling my feathers, but it's playful, and that's kind of our dynamic. Uh, I quite like it. To to be fair, um, what, what what do you think, Dom? How are you finding the Brooke Sam of it all? <laughs> There's potential for it to be a really good dynamic, but at the moment it's a little bit, and not from Sam actually, from from Brooke and from Sophia, it's a little bit caricature-y in that she gets up to shout at her and goes, you're grounded. And, you know, when I found out what whatever his face has done in the sink, in the bathroom, I'm going to, and the door knocks and she like jumps. It's like, oh, you, you know, and it's just, <clears throat> it was a bit. Sitcom, it's a bit you sitcom-y. Can, yeah, yeah, sitcom-y. It's like you can see the script. Do you know what I mean? You can see that that was written as a uh, Brooke jumps here, and she she jumped, and it was just like it feels a bit weird. And she opens the door angry, and she's like, "What?" And you know, all those those kind of bits. It doesn't feel like the the kind of 
like it this wouldn't fit into season one two maybe three like and and one tree and probably four like one tree was like changed and the format feels like it's changing and, and evolving into something that it it wasn't before but the actual like the dynamic between them is like potential to be really good because i think you know she is learning she she had a little kid that she was looking after and couldn't handle the crying and it was a nightmare and it was good to kind of see her you know kind of face that challenge and and things you know evolve and change and then you know angie gets sent away by some strangers in a in an airport that she just hands a baby off to um still missing by the way no one ever found her again (laughs) um but with sam it's kind of like okay i've handled the the infant and now i've got to handle the teenage version and kind of work my way around it and and be the parent that i never had um and she's figuring that out i guess that's what all new parents do isn't it they figure things out as they happen and you know cross those bridges as they get to them but um i actually think sam is really good i think quite you know seems quite natural in this environment and being quite funny really good with jamie um has quite good um sort of like give and take i think whilst on screen Although I was surprised after the whole um, party in the store debacle that Haley's like, oh, go take him and go watch him. I yeah. couldn't That's believe that either. I couldn't believe that either. I mean, also... Hey, Sam, why is don't why have a party. Is... <laughs> oh, God. Oh, fuck Also, also Haley, why is your child in your classroom? Oh. And, and reading a like book for a three-year-old to a bunch of high school kids. While exactly. you're sat back with your feet yeah. on the oh. desk awful teacher terrible mother that's all i'm saying we've had to have words with someone at work for bringing their he's like one of the managers for bringing his daughter around like work and his daughter's like a toddler like three 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 four years old something like that and he did it like he was guiding someone around like a new member of staff that was coming in he was like giving them a tour um and we're in a public place and we're working with adults with learning disabilities. So it's there's so many potential issues and safeguarding issues all over the place, like as in for bringing a child in. And we had to say, hey, man, like that is not cool. You can't do that. Like there's so many potential issues there. And it wasn't his fault, like as in he was just like he good. He got it straight away. And that was it. Like it was an innocent issue. No harm, no foul, no... It's the same situation. Like, as in, you can't bring a child into a school. Like, what if a kid grabbed a book and threw it and it hit Jamie in the face? Um, I'm not saying that they would, okay? But I'm just saying, saying there was an accident, right? Well, whose fault is it for having the child there? You know, I'm not... Maybe that's not the best example. Dom, give an example. So I brought my daughter to work with me. It was like, bring your kids to work day. Um, And there's a lot of, um, you know, foul language where I work. And someone cursed. And they're like, oh, there's a kid here. Because she's 10. And I was like, do you know who her mother is? (laughs) (laughs) She hears those words every day. But yes, I get it. And I was was nervous because she... She thought where I work, which is in the control room, she thought it was boring. So she's like, oh, I want to go out on the set. 
And I was like, okay, but you need to like stand with this person and not move from this spot because anything, a camera can swing and hit her. Like she doesn't know the dynamics of the room. So, you know, aside from the foul language, I, I did think it was like, it was a little dangerous for her to be there. Right. But that's a perfect example. There could just be a hazard and you know and, and your kid is there and so yeah i mean i just like i get it it's like a cute thing and they involve jamie and everything so it's like it's nice and i like the moment i like the sentiment and i really like jacks jackson brundage so good like i i used to find him so annoying i don't understand i was just being a dick or maybe it's because i have a kid now or, or you just have to wait a little while <laughs> <laughs> okay he's real season five and season six he's really cute yeah right. oh no <laughs> okay. we get into that awkward stage well, all right funny funny enough i did think um when we when i was watching this episode again today that when he when nathan gives him half of his breakfast i mean he gives him a ridiculous amount of food for a five-year-old uh or however old he is but um I was thinking, God, it'd be brilliant to see the teenage years when he resents his mother for well, his absent mother, uh, <laughs> yes, and yes. his father has become some sort of husk of the man that he once was, um, that he doesn't speak to because you know he's just depressed by him. He's like, oh, all these trophies that you had, minus a slamble one, and you're just a disappointment <laughs> now. You've done nothing with your life since, you know. Um, and it'd be really interesting to see Jamie the teenage years. Yeah, it would be funny to see how he remembers things. Like, you know, my my dad was in a wheelchair and he was an alcoholic and he threw me in a pool once. He'd be like, no, that's not what happened. He was like, I was definitely in a pool and drowning. I'm sure you <laughs> threw me in there. You, bar- you know, like and you were laughing. You know how you misremember things. And there was a clown and it was doing oh, something no. to Nanny Deb. <laughs> I missed the joke because this, everything's froze oh my internet is unstable no it's me and they both of you froze so i might have just spoken over you so i apologize but you seem to be back but i missed the joke was something about deb uh just jamie freaking out you know in in his therapy session about a clown doing nasty things to nanny deb (laughs) yes (laughs) perfect I, i did also think so from the school scene um when he's reading what was the pookie bear Pooey bear, pookie dookie bear, something like yeah. that. It was annoying yeah. anyway. Um, I just, I had, I had them like. I really wish that there was like a cut scene, and it was just like kind of like the perfect Family Guy cut scene where Principal Turner is in his office, just absolutely fucking seething, like she's done it again. She's done it again. She's brought a fucking kid to school. I'm absolutely. <laughs> outraged right okay one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen four fifty okay it's 15 kids in that class they're definitely gonna fail but okay how does that hurt the stats of the school you know and he's just working out like if he can afford for these kids to fail because she's such a, a shit teacher wow she really is a terrible teacher uh she's she's pretty <laughs> i mean the only way she can now spend time with her child is while working at the same time. But Dan was able to pick him up to take him to school. So he was probably there for like, I don't know, an hour and a half. Why couldn't Dan just get him an hour and a half earlier? (laughs) Well, Dan, who doesn't 
we don't think has he doesn't have a job does he so he's right. just so why he was able to bring him to school a little later but why not just take him when Haley had to go to work yeah also Joe, just on that point what are we thinking here that dan we think that dan has a lot of money right like he has a lot of dough but what from now because he doesn't have the car lot anymore like what's he doing he probably sold the house and sold the beach house and i mean he had real estate and then he right well he, he, he still lived lives at the beach okay he so still he lives at the, sold the other house sold the other yes yeah, 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 yeah. don't forget he's the the dodgy dealing mayor isn't he you know people want a permit here a permit there it's like okay chuck me a you know, a couple hundred grand, and you got what you there want. There was money hiding someplace in the ceiling, probably. Yeah. Like some. There you go. But he he said it to his parole officer, didn't he? When he when he gave him the his, the the fee for being in prison or whatever it was, you know, the money he he'd earned from the jobs they do or whatever. He was like, "I don't need it. You keep it." You know, I've got money, so it's fine. Uh, he's like, I think he's got like millionaire money, hasn't he? Or close to he's it. Mi- he's minted. He's fine. He's good. He's all good. Okay, so we get the whole Sam and uh, Jamie stuff with the economics with the mm. vending machine. I thought that was cute. It was I liked good. it. I, I liked, liked it. it. I liked the. It helped the, break the, up the episode. Yeah, you got to have some light stuff in it, and I thought the. I really <laughs> the line delivery was perfect from Jackson as Jamie on the. She's like, what do you, do you want some chips? And he's like, but I don't have $2. You know, it's like, like, and she's like, no, it's a kickback. It's, it's great. I thought it was really nice. But again, she is a bad influence on him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I suppose that's the nice thing about um, Haley kind of saying to Sam, you've got the opportunity to be a role model here and you've got to pick kind of what direction you go in and so on and so forth. The only thing I didn't really like is... Um, it's not that I didn't like it. I just thought, would a teenager really care that much? You know, they they want the little kid to have fun and and think they're, you, you know, the the this fun person that they can learn stuff from. But does she like? She kind of says, "Oh, I really want Jamie to think I'm cool" or something like that. Like, would she would she really care? Do we think that's important? Well, I think she said, "I just did it because I want him to think I'm cool." Like she was justifying her reason for sort of leading him astray which i actually thought was like a bit too nuanced for a teenager to know like as in i feel i i think that teenagers are impulsive they don't really necessarily understand their emotions they just act upon them and that's more something that you get a little bit later when our good old frontal lobe develops our favorite frontal lobe of our brain um i don't know what what do you think sarah do you think she cares or do you think yeah just lazy writing i i yeah i just think they were like oh let's do this i don't think she, i don't having a teenager he could give two shits less <laughs> he doesn't want to be he doesn't want to be a good influence on his sister in this house i'm like don't do that your sister's watching i don't care i'm like okay living their lives they they literally are just living their lives i mean they had to they they did the storyline so that now jamie could you know extort his friends at school mm. and get money from grandpa dan like it was you know it was like a whole train of thought throughout the episode it was but it was it was also sweet because the reason he wanted the money was to buy nathan, nathan. a trophy 
so you can't be mad at it. But I, I like Chuck's delivery of, that's a rip. It's <laughs> 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 my whole allowance. <laughs> I just thought it was weird with him because, like, he was bullying him, like, a few episodes ago. And now it's almost like Jamie's bullying him, kind of. Well, at least extorting extorting him. Yeah, true, true. Well, how do you feel about uh, Chuck, Dom? Oh, well, Chuck's just the the funny kid in the playground now, isn't he? He's just, like, a a nice added extra. Uh, I do think Jamie is kind of developing... Well, it seems like he's developing kind of Sam's kind of cunning, Dan's entrepreneurial spirit, Nathan's kind of kindness, um, and he's kind of take it, trying to take these elements from from everyone, and these sort of little bits come out of him, and like Dan gives him the money because he's like, mm, it seems like an interesting kind of investment, you know, and there's all these like funny little character traits that he's picking up, which is which is good to see, and then seeing him with you know. Um, truck and and say you can have this for two dollars and it's 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 a huge dilemma you know because the 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 older kid at the vending machine who just he just sort of puffs his cheeks out (laughs) when he's upset that he has to pay two dollars for the chips yeah he still pays yeah he still pays it and goes off but yeah chuck chuck at least gave a bit of a complaint and then paid (laughs) and left um but yeah it's he learned a good lesson I mean, I think they both learned a good lesson. Don't get ripped off and don't rip off your friends. Kids did this at my school, though. Like, people, would, they would buy, like, a multi-pack of crisps or chocolate bars or whatever on their way to school and then would sell them for, like, a pound each in the playground. Mm. Like, there was, like, a a black market for this stuff. Yeah. So. Have you ever, have you ever tried to order a um mcdonald's on deliveroo or anything like that yeah i hate it they always miss something every time every time right they're always a nightmare but do you ever get the warning the pre-warning that comes up it says if if this the address is a school we will not deliver oh yeah i've seen that it was seen always kids kids are just deli- getting mcdonald's delivered so to school kids would get mcdonald's delivered to school and then sell it to the other kids for more that's clever. Oh, here they just deliver it and eat it. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. So I was like, hey, three pounds for this cheeseburger. Yeah, literally I've, I've bought 10 cheeseburgers. You know, they're all like a pound each or a pound 50 or whatever they are. But you can have it for three quid. So they Crazy. Made, made their money back and laughing. Kids used to, we used, I think I've told this before, you, you'd get lunch tickets um, at school. And the sad part is, is so for like to get lunch in the canteen. And I used to have, I didn't have pet lunch. I would have these things, but I would never use them. This is sad because I would have no one to sit with. So I wouldn't eat lunch. Sometimes I'd just go in and get the ice bun and then just walk out. But um, so it was all right. It's fine. It's all right. But, I have friends but, now. I force them ever... to watch podcasts with me. <laughs> do you ever think, um, retrospectively, I know you were like shy and internally and hated school and hated everyone there. Well, a lot of people there because people are just nasty, particularly at those ages. But do you ever think, what if I'd just gone in every day and sat with someone? Oh, yeah. Do you, th- do you think you could just, you could have Definitely. built connections then? It wasn't their fault. Like, there's, uh, I, that's that's the adult way of being able to look at it is that well sometimes i think well what if i had just been more confident and just been like oh hey can i sit with you or hey can i do this or hey can you do that but i guess 
uh, I didn't have the capacity to be able to do that at that time. You know, I wasn't confident enough to be able to do that or was too scared of whatever it may be. So it's like, but I, the older I get, the more I just look at it as neutral. It's like, no one, no one does this stuff to you. It's not, I don't think it, it as negative or positive. It was just the experience that I had. Um, so there's no blame or anything. And I had plenty of positive experiences as well. So When you were a teenager deciding who to talk to, where to sit, were you kind of pre-planning like who would accept being ball gagged? And if you didn't think <laughs> that would yeah. be an acceptable, you'd just move on. Yeah, and I just couldn't find anyone that I could get to wear it. I think that was the... But the thing is, is we, we leave school at 16 here. And so when I left school, I then went in the opposite direction and went like over confident to try and, you know, mask it. I call it the um, lost aggression era. <laughs> and then loosely AKA went into... The, the ball bag phase. <laughs> right. This then suddenly went into lost suppression into other... I discussed this on our on one of the episodes I did with Tessa that there's like these different periods. Anyway, that's not the reason I brought it up. The reason I brought it up was to say that people would sell their dinner tickets. They would get the, and a lot, some kids would get them. I, I don't know how to, the, the PC way to say it is they get it on like welfare where they'd get the lunches for free because their families wouldn't, would earn, you know, under whatever the bracket would be. And so they would sell them on the playground um, and it'd be like one pound thirty for a ticket, but you could buy them for one pound on the playground. Um, so yeah, there was all these little black market things. What's funny about that? No, nothing. I was just thinking about lunchtime at my school because I had a mate, funny enough, called Simon, that would go that I would go up to the, our canteen with. And then oh, what a st- joy! You had a fucking friend. Good, no, good no, for but, you. But and he was stuff. called Simon. It could have it been was, me. It was called Simon. It could have been me. Um, but, but they'd have stuff out. So they'd have like, do you remember like the turkey burgers and stuff like yeah. that? They'd be wrapped up and left on the side, and they, they were like piled up on a tray. And you'd pick what you wanted, and you'd go to the. There was a till, and you'd get like a, a cash register, whatever you call it over there. Um, and you'd you'd go and pay it at the end and leave. But Simon, we, we used to wear blazers at school and he had a hole in his pocket that went inside the blazer. Um, and what he used to do was go and pick stuff up and I'd, you know, kind of be the lookout, I suppose, because I was, you know, in fear that we'd get caught. You were in cahoots? Yeah, we were in cahoots, <laughs> massively. And he would put stuff down his pocket and it would line his blazer. Um, and then we'd buy one thing each and walk out and then we'd have like loads of stuff for lunch but he he was kind of like robin hood he would just give it to the poor (laughs) oh that's good yeah and stealing from the school canteen i think is acceptable Mm. acceptable my story of another simon no i liked it i liked it (laughs) i have to also just point out please not like no one feels sorry for me i have positive memories from every year of my life um and that I, i think we all just sometimes naturally focus on the negative and uh, I'm really trying to not do that because I had great experiences all through my life. So please, it's just all part of it. It's all good. Um, But okay, right. So Dan, spoken about that really. Dan, Lucas confronts Dan. Lucas has to write the scene. It's the missing scene of the movie of Keith's death, murder, and he's struggling with it. 
he asked Nathan about it and Nathan tells that great story about the Michael Jordan basketball camp and how he got to play one-on-one with the great one and that Dan was supportive in that moment where you should still write him as as evil or whatever and then Lucas speaks to Dan on the river court and Dan says you know I am the villain you should write me as that um and he does and he writes that we don't get to hear it but he wrote that scene and it completes the script what did you think Sarah of Dan's reaction to Lucas wanting to write you know find out about Keith's murder I think after he came out of jail he sort of became human and realized he like there's no reason for him to lie anymore or you know torture his family and his kids and it's like he again he should just live his life now enjoy his grandchildren if they let him near their grand you know they let him near jamie but he just i mean he said the right thing he couldn't say like oh keith came at me like he couldn't make something up he had to tell the truth yeah and he did he said it what how it was done right yeah absolutely i i think i'm starting to struggle a little bit with how blase everyone is and everything is with with dan and his existence and he can just walk into the school where he actually shot and killed someone it's it's the scene a, of the crime yeah exactly it's a bit it's a bit weird isn't it but um i i think it's a it's a de- it's a good point that you know that uh sarah made that he's come out and he's trying to be honest and he's trying to do, do the right things and i i think he wants to do right by keith as best as he can in the ways that he can you know obviously he's killed him but he he spent so long fighting against keith and and bashing heads with him and being in competition with him that he now realizes that when he's not because he's not there anymore he he, i guess he kind of misses it and and, you know he accepts the fact that he's the villain and that he's always going to be the villain in like lucas's eyes and um nathan's eyes as well pretty much because he says yeah write him as the like he's evil write him that way or kind of whatever he says you know write him as the villain he is um uh, and he has been the perfect villain up till now where he's actually you know starting to edge his way into everybody's life as a as a good guy and useful and helpful and obviously saved him from nanny carrie uh twice technically and yeah it's just He's he's edging his way into the good books of of some of the the family some of the Scott family members you know even the additional ones. Um, he did a lot of reflecting in jail. Yeah, exactly, and obviously being tortured by the ghost of his brother was was entertaining and obviously it had an effect on him um, and his failed suicide attempt. Um, so it's obviously given him you know cause to reflect and change his life for the better, hopefully. Well, to tag on to to that four, the because I was thinking this as well. So, firstly, shout out to Eckhart Tolle, Dom. That's the guy that I showed you a video of once, and you said he's the leader of a cult. And I was like, Huge it's not a cult. cult. It's not a cult. It's a cult. Sarah, are you familiar with Eckhart Tolle? No, but I did hear you talk about it. Okay, so he's not a cult. He's a spiritual leader, but uh, is he a Tom Cruise? 
It's like no, Scientology it's, isn't a cult. It's a cult. It's nothing to do with anything. It's not religious. It's nothing to do with anything. The whole thing is called... Cool. He, he's ri- religious. <laughs> he's written these books called The Power of Now. And his the whole thing is just about presence. It's like meditation. It's just about trying to be present in the moment and to not have self-talk in your head. Like the narration of your of your thoughts of going through the past, going through the future, whatever. It's just about presence. There's nothing anything else it's just about that it's more like it's almost more like a yoga type situation but anyway he has this thing about consciousness and awakening and when you can awake and see become conscious of how you live your life and become conscious of your thoughts so rather than being your thoughts you are the one that observes your thoughts have i lost you dom you lost me as soon as you mentioned him to be honest (laughs) Well, okay, Sarah, if you're, and to anyone is listening, listening. it's basically just that you can have an awakening where you can become conscious of your unconscious behavior. And so let's say an unconscious behavior might be, um, okay, let's use my example. This isn't true, but let's just pretend. Uh, I was insecure from school for not having, uh, not feeling accepted, right? And so I can take that into my adulthood and I don't know, someone might say something, a work colleague might say, do you want to go for lunch? And I'll be like, oh no, no thanks. No, I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't know. I'm just making this shit up. But you know, I could be conditioned to have an insecurity to have a relationship with someone at work because of whatever happened in my past. And so instead of playing into that, which is like what Dan classically did, right? Like he was competitive with his brother um so he treated him poorly because of how they were when they were kids right um but when you awaken you can see what your behavior is and why it is and how it happened and then you can control yourself and you can think actually I don't need to act like this or actually this happened or that happened or whatever it may be and then you can live more present without having that weight of emotion and that's what it feels like it is to me it's like he's had some sort of awakening of consciousness let me know in the comments if anyone's feeling this because i'm not getting he read the book while he was in jail because he had a lot of time there what read lucas's book or eckhart tolle's book both (laughs) if you could find lucas's book because peyton had them all yeah. <laughs> maybe she's sending them to him that's what's happening maybe well people let me know on patreon in the comments or on instagram or whatever if anyone's feeling it or get was i i almost want to if we have more i will say i'll put a link in the discord to this one uh, one of his videos but here's the guy i love it simon signing people up to the cult <laughs> no cult it's not religion it's just about being present he has a great podcast he has a podcast with oprah winfrey um it's wonderful oprah's on board so (laughs) have you ever had oprah on drew on zoom when we were during covid i think she's coming next year ask ask oprah when she passes through mention (laughs) eckhart and she will be watch her face light up you watch her face light up Okay, so should we talk about slam ball? Sure. Dom, take us there. Well, um, is it a semi-final? 
is that what we're in? Some sort of semi-final of uh, Slam Ball Championships. And we've got someone who I'm, I don't recognise, but have we met him before that's on the other team? Are they called the Mob? Mob. The Mob, yeah. Nathan the Slashers. Obviously um, has an issue with Nathan because Nathan has beaten him before probably several times uh, whilst playing for the Ravens. And yeah, he's he, he's saying all this stuff to, to Mouth on his channel um, that he's going to basically put him in a wheelchair again. And yeah, I, I mean, it, it gets a bit rough. Owen is there as much as he can be to, to protect him. But unfortunately, Owen gets, gets taken out of the game at one point. He sort of loses concentration and ends up getting a bit battered. So yeah, he gets put on the bench and... It's, it's all on it's all on Nathan to kind of handle things himself. He does a pretty good job. Right, he wins the game, and then the dude smashes him through the glass, which mm. Sarah you witnessed in real life. <laughs> but um, now the game's over. Does that classify as assault? Well, yeah. Like, as in, should there be should that dude be arrested? He just smashed him through a window. Or glass, or whatever it is. I, I I certainly think so, but you know, Sarah. I mean, I, your I, husband's been in court. Does he? Does he know? For <laughs> speeding. Um, I, I have no idea. I don't. I feel like in sports, like, like in hockey, when you get, you know, checked into the wall, the guy just goes in the penalty box. So you're not. I feel like it's kind of expect, expected. It's called slam ball. Yeah, but the game's over. Like I know, but people get pissed. You know, people like like Dom know, and Melvin. <laughs> I guess if you're out in the parking lot, they were still on the court. <laughs> okay, well, Dom, let's talk about it. If that happened to you, if you got smashed through some, you know, the plexiglass or whatever, and the game is over, uh, do you would you expect there to be repercussions? Oh, definitely. Yeah, that, that I want to see a lifetime ban. I'd want to see, you know, all sorts of things. I, or I, I'd be allowed to get my own back. But you don't know if he was, like, penalized and he's not allowed to play in the next game. You just, you know, it's just Nathan's like, I'm done. But maybe the next game for the finals, he's not playing because he did that. Yeah, and actually, that's a great point because Dom, you haven't given us any predictions on any of these characters so far. So let's start with Nathan. What's your prediction? He's quitting Slam Ball, as so he says. Uh, is that the end of Slam Ball, or is he actually going to go back for the final, or what's happening? No, I think he's uh, more likely to keep his promises now. He was looking for a scout in the crowd, wasn't he? Um, and I, I think he doesn't know who the scout is or who to expect or who to be looking out for. So maybe the scout was there, did see some stuff, uh, was impressed and maybe he'll get a call to join a proper basketball team. Um, I kind of feel like Nathan has tough decisions to make based on like health and family versus, you know, basketball and the career that he's always dreamed of. Um, But I don't think that's really happened yet. Like not not fully, not to the point where it's like, okay, I'm really on my last legs now, um, and, and it's either continue to play and really do some damage to myself, or just like completely stop and move on and do something else with my life. Um, so I still kind of think that there's an opportunity for him somewhere. So this scout may be watching, or someone may have been watching and wants him involved in their team somehow. Um, 
I just don't know. Where, I, I think Slamble's over, though. I think he's like, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm done with that. But this is his opportunity to move into what he does want to be doing. Okay. Well, let's let's talk about Owen. Owen, Sarah gets into the back of Brooke's car because he's, he's giving her presents every day and she loves loot. She loves taking the loot, taking the presents. He gets in the back of her car naked in the middle of the day. Well, he must have got in clothed. I don't know how people are just like jimmying their way into the back of people's cars, but fine. I mean, she had a BMW SUV. I mean, that's not like going to be an easy car to get in unless she's leaving it just open in the high street anyway. And, you know, what's underneath the clothes, Brooke Davis, she freaks out, kicks him out, and he gets naked in the street and gets arrested. What the fuck? Sarah, over to you. <laughs> well, Whitey wasn't there to say something, like, when she was in the back of Lucas's car. That's true. Yeah, no, Which I, thought was, I thought it was a cute callback. She went a little overboard with her getting pissed off. With his ass on her leather seats. Well, I, I hate to be that guy. I hate to be that guy. But instantly becomes that guy. What if he kicked her out of his car naked in the high street during the day? Yeah. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. You just wouldn't, would you? Like, as in, it's just not The double not standard cool. that it was a female doing it to a male. Yeah, that it was a bit, like, acceptable... I mean, Dom, let's say, I don't know, even someone that you hated, I can't think of an example, but let's pretend there was one, was naked on your back seat. You wouldn't kick them out naked in the middle of the day in St. Albans High Street, would you? No, probably what I'd do is close all the windows, um, get out myself, lock the doors, uh, and call for some sort of psychiatric support. (laughs) Okay. Um. <laughs> but now imagine it was me. I'd just drive you home and be like, Earthy's done it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's happened again. <laughs> something about Din. He keeps saying something, muttering something about no one sitting with him at lunch. I don't understand. Yeah. He's got it's ball going. gags. He's bought the same book six times today or something <laughs> stupid. I, I, don't, I don't know what he's doing. I'm really worried about him. He's eating ice buns. He's saying something about his buns are iced, but he's on my seats. I don't understand <laughs> the synergy, the symmetry. I just think it was mean. And she does address it later of being like, uh, you know, she overreacted. And then she kind of says that, you know, it's not, it's just not a good time for her. She's, you know, fostering. She's doing this. She's doing that. I don't really understand. Again, I don't want to be this guy. <laughs> what she was so pissed off about in the first place, like he kind of just vanished when she said about she's going to adopt a baby. And yes, okay, he could have handled that better, should have. Um, but it's not like terrible, terrible, is it? I, I mean, know. the role of victim swapped between them so much just in this one episode. Like, you know you left me because I wanted to look after this kid uh, uh, on a temporary basis and talked about wanting to adopt and so on and so forth. So she's the victim. Then, like, 
all the loot and stuff then it was like he was the victim because she was leading him on and she was getting told off for leading him on for three weeks and then at the end she was the victim again in the back of his car saying you know one day you'll make someone happy <laughs> and he's like oh just not you it's just like just not me now you know and that sort of thing it's just like oh i found it really cringy and really weird and i yeah just the dynamic of it was just just it, felt a bit off I their relationship is... lacked communication oh yeah there was well, zero communication <laughs> in that relationship yeah well, Sarah, I'm going to say something controversial now, and I think I'm going to get a lot of hate for this, but I've been thinking it for a while, and I think it's time to say it. I don't think Sophia Bush is a very good actress. <gasps> Said it. I think she can cry well, but I find her acting to be soap opera, and the way she delivers lines and things, I and I, I understand why so many people love her. Like, I get it. it she's, bec- she's become, like, a great character to, to identify with. It's, like, a strong female empowered character. And I think all of that's great. But I think her acting can be cringe, can be a bit cringy at sometimes. Like, very melodramatic. So dramatic. And I don't know whether she's just been written that way. But I think it's coming across a bit, like, soap opery. I feel I don't completely disagree, but I think it's at times. I don't think it's all the time. Okay, so te- elaborate. So you mean like in what cert- when she's having in, to display certain terms, emotions? Yeah, in certain. It. I also feel like it's who she's acting with. I feel like when she's with Joe, who who's Owen, I feel like it's that's how. It's like how they wrote her to be with him. Right. Like, like it's almost. It's like sitcom-y like you said before like that's how they wrote her to be with Owen but then I mean she wasn't really like when she's with Victoria like in season five I feel like she did a good job with her with like so I feel like it's who she's interacting with Mm, that's a good point what do you think Dom yeah, I, I totally agree with Sarah and that I think there's it, it it's all about levels. So with her interacting with Sam, it's it's kind of like fake mother to fake daughter. So there's so there's a there's like an awkwardness about it and there's a it like there's like a like a non-reality to it even even though it isn't reality but there's almost like a this relationship isn't real in terms of mother daughter, but with this something that we're working towards and there's, a, there's an awkwardness to it. And, um, and, and it's a bit like a, like I mentioned earlier, caricature And then that's the exact moment that Owen appears and it becomes sitcom and it, there's just those moments, but we have a, a sitcom moment where Peyton enters the, the store and she says, Oh, what have you got for me today? And then it's like, Oh, hi Peyton. And it's like, oh, you didn't want to see your best friend, and then it becomes that, that she comes to a level playing field, and we're we're back level now. We're I'm with a peer, I'm not with a, you know, a child or, um, like a potential boyfriend who acts like a child. So it, it man child, does, yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah, perfect man child. So it does change, like the Sweet. level does change depending on who she's acting with, and there have been some fantastic moments from her. But we do mm. get a lot of not so great moments as well. So she she does creep into that element of, and I I think that you know that might be why you say she's she's not so good or she's not so great and she's a bit soap opery is because she's kind of left with those moments and those scenes. Um, mm. 
but she does have some you know cracking scenes and can cry better than anyone i've ever seen before so yeah even at the yeah. end with the vending machine where she's like i'm a good mom i'm a good mom i'm like really yeah i think they're both really good points because i've never fought it before like and we're six and a half seasons in and i just have never fought it before so i think maybe i'll retract part of what i said and say in these times i'm feeling it where i hadn't felt it before um so yeah i think they're good points who she's matched up with and what the the density of the scene so let's just keep an eye on where this goes it's it's those exact scenarios again as well like like the venom machine like sarah just said it's you know Oh, there's security cameras in here. Oh, they're, they're not working. Well, how do you know they're not working? Oh, because I stopped them working. And, it, you, you know, and it's just kind of like, well, how? Why? You know, that you're a teenager. Why? How would you even know what to do with it? It's, you know, other than pulling a plug out of the wall or whatever. It's just, it, there's just bits like that that don't really make sense. And it's just kind of, let's write it in because it's a, kind of a fun, playful thing with this, you know, young teenage girl that, is grounded but keeps doing kind of naughty not so reckless things that we can get away with so yeah well it's it's almost like tongue-in-cheek stuff isn't it with them um a little bit sorry no no it's good uh well let's talk about something i did i was trying to get your the segue where you said naughty and reckless we say naughty and reckless again naughty and reckless well speaking of naughty and reckless Let's talk about Mouth and Gigi. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Let's go, Sarah. Let's I just tell want to us. talk about the scene when the amount of beer, empty beer bottles in that editing room was, I'm like, you're still working. What are you doing? Look, I work in TV and we all like to, at the end of the night, have a drink. But usually our work is done. We're not still working. And also that was, she drank all that beer because he didn't drink any of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was like eight bottles in at that point. <laughs> and she's small. Like she's got a small frame. You know, I'm not like making judgments, but I'm saying that a level of alcohol is going to hit her quicker, you know? Oh, yeah. It's so funny watching her now on One Tree Hill, knowing like what she is on Yellowstone. It's like crazy to me. Just watching her young, um, but yeah, that I haven't. Scene is she was like, is she good? At, is she good in that show? I haven't seen. I, it. I enjoy her in Yellowstone. Some people don't, but like you know, she's like an adult. She's a mom. She's you see her working. You see her, you know, her relationship with her husband and his, her husband's family. Like it's it, she's a great actress because seeing what she's doing now, like on One Tree Hill, going back and watching it, it's it's crazy. But yeah, that scene was just cringe to me. Cringe. Dom, did it make you cringe also in in other ways as well? (laughs) (laughs) Made me cringe in every way. Um, Yeah, this was the moment where I thought, uh, oh, we get the beer spilt on the desk and on his trousers and the trousers come off and then he walks in and yeah. But no, it turns out he's going to have a little, uh, you know, secret that he's going to be holding in for a while and will burst out and say to Millie that she's being inappropriate and Millie will go and knock her out. Well, so what? Are you, what's your prediction? Is the python going to come out in the control room? <laughs> um, no, I, I don't think so. The previous boss did that, remember? 
<laughs> he has a history of yeah. dipping his pen in the company ink. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's going to happen this time. I think uh, Gigi is like throwing herself at him and I think she needs some self-respect. Um, it's it's a little bit shameful, but I think he needs to knock her down a peg or two um, and then, you know, do whatever he's got to do, tell Millicent or... Um, or like confront both of them at the same time and be like, Gigi's been really inappropriate. I don't want to do this anymore. We need to get rid of her. Millicent, this is what's going on. Gigi's being really inappropriate. We're getting rid of her. <laughs> um, but I don't think that'll happen because that doesn't make good TV where people are honest and do the right thing. So um, I think he'll go along with it for a little bit and we'll get caught and it'll be awkward and it'll be horrible, but he'll explain himself and it'll figure itself out in the end. Because he's a he's a great guy. I'm <laughs> not sure I believe you when you say that. <laughs> okay, uh, Luna's licking my foot. It was very loud. I hope that's my microphone's not picking that up. <laughs> Sounds very odd. Um, okay, so have we pretty much talked about everyone except for the Lucas reveal? Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> Then let's talk about the Lucas reveal. So he goes to Julian's hotel room to give him the scene that he has written. Another smooth Julian moment where he's on the phone to the, like the producer or whoever it is from the studio. He's a great writer. Of course, it's good, you know, silver tongue. But as he does that, Lucas sees the picture of Julian and Peyton takes it and then confronts Peyton about it. Uh... And we don't really get much kind of left on the cliffhanger, except that Peyton says, we were in love. And there we go. If it was EastEnders, which is a soap opera here in the UK, sorry, it would end with... Dun, dun, bum, 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 bum. Do it, Dom. Dun, dun, dun. Dun. Psh. Da, 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 da. And that would be it. So, Okay. Sarah, how'd you feel about it? Well, she wasn't going to tell him. He just beat her to it. <laughs> you know, sucks for her. Look, she has a lot of explaining to do. He has every right to be pissed that it did not come up. in all Since Julian showed up, it had not come up. So he has every right to be annoyed and pissed at her. Also, yeah. And Brooke knew, because Brooke told her to tell him. So I just... It's another not good thing for Lucas and Peyton. And three weeks, Dom. Three weeks she's had to tell him. Yeah, I think three days probably would have been a bit much, but I mean, she had the three perfect Three hours would have just done it. Yeah. <laughs> like, she had the perfect opportunity when she was like, oh, he seems like a nice guy. What did you think of him? What were your first impressions? And she could have gone, look, I've got to be honest, it's not my first impressions. Yeah, it would have been an awkward conversation. Yeah, it would have been difficult. And it would have, you know, could have ended up in a row. Could have ended up in him storming out. Could have ended up in him not talking to you for a couple of days. But that probably would have benefited everyone. But, um... Yeah, it's, it's it's dragging it out and making it more awkward and more difficult for herself is kind of classic Peyton, really, isn't it? Let's just draw out this pain and keep that going because, you know, we want to be the unhappiest girl in the world. 
Okay. And so what's your prediction for Peyton, Julian, Lucas? Can I have a weird... There's going to be a weird dynamic around it in this next episode. Lucas is going to be tense when he's around, when Julian's around, especially around Peyton. Still going to be upset with Peyton, silent treatment, that kind of thing. Maybe a little row, an argument between them. Sleeping on the sofa. Can't imagine they'll be sharing a bed. Um, you know, he's hurt. He's upset. He's going to go and read the comet. Will he um, Will he sleep? Are you saying he would sleep on the sofa? Or would he make her sleep on the sofa? I think he'd sleep on the sofa. He'd be like, I don't want to be in the same bed as you right now. I'm moving to the sofa. And then he'll walk into a wall because he squints and can't see where he's going. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think the dynamic between them will eventually be repaired because you know as i mentioned i think julian is now in it for the long haul and i think they have to get over that initial awkwardness like it was in the past yeah um like julian's true motive i'm not sure is has really been um explained or we haven't discovered it yet i'm not really sure the film uh, creating the film is is the only reason he's there i think maybe to see if there's anything between him and peyton still but he does seem fairly genuine like here and there um i i i can't help but feel like he's got something hidden or something up his sleeve um to to throw kind of an extra spanner in the works but yeah i uh, i think it will kind of settle down and they'll be fine they're still on course to get married and that won't change okay we'll see well let's go into judgments anything we missed we will hit there But before we get there, if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, and how could you not, then please check us out, ravenshoops.net. Why, Dom? Because basketballs go through hoops. But Sarah, they also go through nets. Ravenshoops.net. I realise I don't even say what that is anymore. That's our Patreon, where you can support us at various levels. If you want to come on the podcast, you can. That's our Hall of Fame level. If you want to watch the watch-along videos uh, where we watch Dom's reactions and we have our little after-party where we talk about when you put the bins out and all kinds of useless but yet fun and interesting things like that, then you can access that at our varsity level. Or if you just simply want early release of the podcast, you can listen to this episode a week earlier on our junior varsity level. And we're considering bringing in a new lower level, which is the bench warmers level. That will just be $1 a month where you just be part of the community and, you know, just throw us a dollar. If you listen to three hours of us a week for free, come on now. Just throw a dollar in the pot. <laughs> Jesus, you tight bastards. But, oh, I mean, we love you. Thank you very much. So, that's Patreon, ravenshoops.net. We appreciate everyone on there. And everyone listening, pigeons or not. Sarah, who was your favorite performer of this episode? Performer, I'm going with Jackson. Jamie. I thought it was cute. I thought all his scenes were cute. I like how, you know, he he's growing. He's growing on me. Yeah, good call. Dom? Uh, other than the obvious Sarah Tanner, I would quite like to say the girl that plays Sam. Don't know her name because I can't remember it. Ashley Rickards. That'll do. 
uh, I'm going to say her because of the dynamics between her and, and Jamie. Uh, and and like the way she's behaving and stuff and teaching him is it's quite it's quite good it's quite interesting to watch so yeah I'll go with her and uh, what about you mate I will go with Austin Butler slash Nichols because I think he did this I felt was more of his introduction episode like the the previous episode was introducing us to him but we didn't really understand like you said Don what the motives were and all of those things so. In this episode, we're kind of seeing the real him, I think. So, yeah, I thought he performed it really well. Who was your favourite character of the episode, Sarah? Well, going off what you just said, I'm going with Julian. Yeah, good call. Dom? Uh, exactly the same. Pick Julian as well. It's just, yeah, decent character. And kind of you want to watch him when he's on screen. You can kind of switch off when... Let's say like Lucas is on screen or Lucas and Peyton, you you can kind of look away Brooke. But when he's on screen, you kind of want to pay attention. So, and what about you, mate? Yeah. Yeah. Tripling up. Yeah. With you guys and doubling up. Yeah. Julian, he, for all the reasons you both just said, uh, he is exciting. It's interesting. It's like, oh, where's this going to go? And I agree. When he's on screen, you just want it to continue. So, excellent. I am certain that we're all going to have the same choice, except Sarah might choose a husband. But Sarah, <laughs> who is your favourite background performer of this episode? One line or less. I'm going to give it to every person who was at that slam ball game, clapping their hands, not making any noise. For three to four hours. Okay. And I understand yeah. why people think it's a job. Excellent. Yeah. We did. We did choice. have to record all the cheering at the end of the day, <laughs> and, cl- and actual clapping. Yes. Excellent. So you had to fake clap, real clap. It was all there. All the all the clapping. Dom. Well, there was a guy at the slam ball game in in a black shirt. That oh yeah, uh, of course, of course, I'm going to pick Sarah. I did toy with the idea of saying Sarah's husband, but no, I, I'm going to pick Sarah. Of course, I. I I I couldn't not pick our favourite Raven. Of course. Well, <laughs> if you see the watch along, you'll see how excited I got when I found you. <laughs> I fist pumped in the air with joy. So, of course, it's going to be you. Honourable mention to your husband. He would be my second choice. There um, were a my... couple more shots, but that was like the main one I was in that I pointed out. And we were watching on on through dom's dodgy website otherwise we would have had better quality my computer is really struggling i actually if any if anyone cares for the inside knowledge here the last episode of the podcast that we just put out yesterday i didn't have any of my like tools like my my hard drives won't connect to my computer because my computer is just like leave me alone let me die <laughs> in peace um so i but i have saved on there like all the music the intro music all of that stuff so i don't have it so i had to record the start of the podcast intro from a previous episode from my phone to get it on so the intro to the last episode sounds a bit janky um but my point is is I have all the episodes on there. And so if it was in higher quality, I'm sure we would have been able to find you a little bit better. But yeah. I'm going to start a GoFundMe page for you, mate. 
Well, forget Nathan and Haley's house. We're going to get your new computer. Yeah. <laughs> it's for the podcast. Well, I think when we apparently we're moving in like two and a half weeks. So the, the idea is once we've moved, I will then buy a new computer. F, F's computer is dying as well. We bought our computers at the same time. In 2016, though, so they've lasted seven years. Like, that's pretty good, isn't it? Are you going to get an iMac? Yeah. I want to get an iMac. Let's get, one to, let's get one together. You get discount, though, don't you? Oh, yeah. you do. You just don't want to share it with me. <laughs> <laughs> My God. You want me to pay full price. Well, you can just <laughs> like, write it off as business expenses for the podcast. Ooh. Uh, I think I can actually, we're actually going to do that for work. Cause, oh, okay. Um, I'll buy my own then. Nothing to do with writing it off. There. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What was your favorite line of the episode, Sarah? Um, so I thought this one was funny only because I work with Drew Barrymore. When... Owen came to Brooke's house and said, what happened um, to nice Brooke? Wait, I wrote it down. She said, I killed her and I ate her bleeding heart for breakfast and I'm still hungry. You know, goes back to Santa Clarita diet. Which I I love that show so much. I can't believe they cancelled it. Drew couldn't believe it either. (laughs) <laughs> Bullshit. Yeah, it was such a good show. And she was so good in it. Dom? That was, that was, a, that was, a, that was an honorable mention. My real, line was oh. the, it was, my real line was at the end when Lucas says, it wasn't about murder, it was about how your heart breaks, your hero dies, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, it's a good line. And it, and it sums up his how he's reconciled it, which is nice. Because we also forgot to mention that he took a shovel to Dan's grave. <laughs> Loved it. I would love to have that grave, like, as a prop. I'd love oh to have it. Oh, my God. Like, it's ginormous. Yeah, it'd be a lot of shipping. That would be, Lauren, in Texas, I have something being shipped to your house. <laughs> that would have to come over on a, on a boat, freight boat. Well, you know, you, you know the this box of uh, basketball kit, I got like the shipping confirmation. It's the box is weighs twenty pounds. It's like, can you imagine how much that's going to cost to get that shipped to the UK? Yeah, because I be... sent you something that was like eight pounds. Which, <laughs> so yeah, I can imagine which one he is. <laughs> yeah, it's going to cost a lot of money. It's uh, what we do for that Cisco dazzle cloth, you know. <laughs> Dom, what was your favorite line, my man? Uh, I went for a Sam and Jamie line, and it was economics pays better. I quite enjoyed that. Yeah, it's a good one. Mean? I went with, you know, the good thing about a paper jam. Sometimes it, me- it means you have to open up the machine to see what went wrong in the first place. I think that's really good. Of course, I'd like that a straight out of Eckhart Tolle's cult book. I'm telling you now. <laughs> Sarah. What was your favourite song of the episode? I don't remember any. There was one playing... Oh, so this is interesting. So I was at work talking about... I don't know why this director came up. Some director came up from a music video that he directed. And we were were Googling him. And then it said, 
he directed one episode of One Tree Hill. And then when we clicked into it to see what he directed, and I saw it was simply for the devil, I'm like, that's the episode I was in. So there was a whole part during Slam Ball that it looked like a music video with like slow-mos and whoosh pans. I'm going to, that song, whatever that was. But the episode was directed by a music video director. There you go. Wasn't his name Bradley Walsh? I don't know. Should I look it because, up? Because we, we have From a... the chase. We have a TV show host called Bradley Walsh. And when I saw it, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> is it, could it be? It, it, it couldn't be, but it'd be funny if it was. There you go. I like that. Who's your, what was your favorite song, Dom? Um, uh, there was, so normally I'd pick the, the, the British group that's playing in the episode. The Stereophonics were playing at one point, but I absolutely despise the Stereophonics. So I'll just go for the song that was playing during Slam Ball as well, because that was quite fun and upbeat and exciting. But I have no idea what it was, so I must apologise for that. But it was a good song, so I'll go with Slam Ball song. What about you, big man? Slam Ball, Slam Ball song. Of course, the Slam Ball song. Loved it. Nice. It was Bradley Walsh. There you go. Look at that. Bradders. It's <laughs> <laughs> what he does in the off-season of the chase. Yeah. <laughs> so, last but not least is the precious... Rating. Sarah, did you have a number in mind before we started this conversation? I had one when we discussed it in season two. And I did say that it was a filler episode. I'm going to take that back after having watched it. Back in season <laughs> two, I thought it was a filler. So yes, I have a number. And did it's it not increase? The same one, it's not the same one from season two. Okay, so it... <laughs> Has increased or decreased between? Okay. Dom, same questions. Uh, I have a number and it stayed the same. What about you, Simon? I have a number. It's gone up one because of the background information. Oh, I'm not meant to say if it's gone up, am I? It's changed due to the information that we have learned tonight and the interesting background knowledge and the fact that you know, we've spent the last couple of hours talking to a cast member. So <laughs> so we will say the numbers on three and then we'll see how close they are and then we will debate to the death. Ready? One, two, three, eight. 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 Oh, I didn't hear yours, Sarah. What? Oh, everyone hit an eight. Perfect. I think, well, let's just quickly go around and say <laughs> why. I, I, Because you're in it. <laughs> No, I, I, if you've asked me in not having rewatched it, I, I was going to say a six. Um, but now that I've rewatched it, I enjoyed the Jamie stuff. I enjoyed not so much the flashbacks, but I did enjoy all the Julian stuff. Hmm. And, you know, Slam Ball. Slam Ball. Slam Ball <laughs> is awesome. Dom, why did you give it an eight? I, I, I thought it carried on the story well. I thought I gave the last episode an eight and this was, you know, about the same um, levels of performance, levels of storyline um, and continued, you know, all the bits that are happening in everybody's lives. So, yeah, it wasn't filler. So I'm glad that Sarah's, you know, come back and said it wasn't wasn't filler. Um, yeah, I just I, I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I thought it was a good episode to watch um, and had some really good bits. 
had some not so good bits, but yeah, that's why I didn't get a 10. So yeah, and obviously it had our favorite Raven in there, so all good. There you go. Yeah, the same. I I it found it really enjoyable. Loved the slam ball stuff. It had a, it was like a classic One Tree Hill episode of the later seasons where it gave us everything we wanted. We had Lucas being a bit mopey. We had Nathan playing sport. We had you know cute stuff with Jamie. We had comedy with Dan. We had everything we kind of would want in the mix. So the saddest, the saddest girl in the world. The saddest girl in the world. <laughs> yeah. It's excellent. Well, great. Well, really enjoyed this episode. Sarah, thank you so much. I well, we've said it so many times, but you know, a genuine friendship has arisen out of this. I'm excited for you to come at some point to the UK. You can visit what you will think is a small house. <laughs> that was from our pre podcast chat. Um and yeah, I just I I always appreciate you being on here. Love it all. The fact that you're you're gonna you're stopping now and then you're going back for a new season of Drew soon, right? In August. Right. So at that point, I should expect my Drew Crew hoodie size XL. I'm still waiting, Sarah. How many hints can I drop? Wait, we don't have hoodies, but I do. I have a. I don't know if you want it. It's like I a will. a puffy. It's a puffy vest. Yeah. It's, like a, it's a black and it's a, and has to, well it actually says Drew up here in the neck. Hell yeah. I need it. Okay, I'll send it out. Yes. To the old to the old address? Cuz we don't know when you're moving. Oh you're yeah, moving I'm moving months. on I'm moving on the 12th apparently. Yeah, wait, hold fire until I move, but I definitely want that. Yes, please. What can I send you in return? I'm good. I'm trying to clear out the <laughs> again. Cash. <laughs> Yeah, I'll send you money. Old fashioned cash. (laughs) I definitely want that though. Don't don't throw that out. Don't give it to your kids or anything. Give it to me. (laughs) Give it to your other kid that you've inherited. Give it to your man child. (laughs) (laughs) Sarah, we love you. Thank you so much. Dom. Yes. Yeah, you're amazing as always. Bring so much uh, insight, joy, and fun uh, to our podcast. And I already can't wait for the next one so yeah great to great to have you on and always great to talk to you for the the time we get to see you i can't wait for monday mornings where i can listen (laughs) i'm not commuting anymore but i can listen for like almost two full days nice (laughs) well sarah you know we clear the schedule when you're on the episode we don't allow anyone else on it's an exclusive right so i appreciate that <laughs> well, what do you want Dom to do the Ravens chant in? I think we should stick with our theme and go with Elvis. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, that's a great one. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Okay. Don't get, get stuck, stuck, though. Don't way. get yeah. stuck. No. What if I've, I'm just absolutely ruined forever and just I'm dogging my butt? <laughs> Little lady, hey little lady, hey little lady. You ready for Raven? We're gonna do Ravens all three. Mm-hmm. Sugar, sweet mama. <laughs> <laughs> Ravens, one, two, and one, two, three. Ravens. Ravens. <laughs>